0: That literally means to be sincere when you're crying out to God. Now, that's where we start. And the problem is some of us cry, but we're not serious. You know, we're waiting on God to do something, and God is waiting on us to do something.
1: You're listening to Treasure Truth with Pastor and author James Ford, Jr., Senior Pastor of the Christ Bible Church in Chicago. I'm Steve Hiller. Glad you're with us as we're continuing a series, How to Get Out of Debt. and Pastor, I think you've hit on something really key in what we just heard. We do need to begin by earnestly crying out to God. If we're in debt right now and we're in the world of hurt, we need to be earnest about that and to begin to do what God has called us to do in the way that we steward what he's entrusted to us. And and that's what we are. You said the key word, Steve. We need to understand that we're stewards. Now, what's a steward? Yeah, I was going to say, why don't you explain that? Because yeah. we throw that phrase around, but, or that yeah. word around, not everybody knows that.
2: Right. A steward is someone who manages someone else's things whether it be money or property or whatever. And so the Bible says uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, moreover, it is required in a steward that a man, generically, man, woman, boy, or girl, be found faithful. So then my time, my talent, my treasure, the truth, my thoughts, all of those things have been given to me by God as a stewardship and matthew twenty five tells us that he's going to hold us accountable for all that he's given to us. That's the mm-hmm. parable of the talents and talents don't you know is uh a measure of money in yep. that day and so he gave to one five one two, and one one and it depends on what kind of metal it was, how much it was valued at so if it was gold or silver or bronze uh depending on what metal it was. That's how much money it would be. But uh, he gave them, and then he came and held them accountable. So all of us have been given by God ability that now becomes our responsibility in which God will hold us to accountability hmm. of what we did with his stuff. Yeah. My, my uh, nephew, uh, he was in uh, Desert Storm. And uh, he lived with us for the first 10 years we moved to Chicago. He calls me Pops because, you know, I helped raise him. He said, uh, Pops, I'm getting ready to go uh, to Desert Storm, getting ready to go to Iraq. And uh, I want you uh, to have the power of attorney over all of my vast estate. And so, you know, uh, I signed a paper that said I was responsible for his $100. Right. <laughs> and uh, uh, the the idea was, though, it wasn't mine. Yeah. But while he was away, I was supposed to take care of it. And when he came back, he expected it to be like he left it. Yeah. And when he came back, uh, you know, we tore up the papers of the power of attorney because now his houses and uh, everything reverted back to him. Sure. So, and that's what we are. Jesus yeah. Christ has gone away. He's given us the power of attorney and he's given us these gifts. He's given us our funds. And as a matter of fact, guess what? Uh, you're talking about your daughter. We're talking off air about your daughter going to school. Yeah. Well, guess what? She was loaned to you. So make sure you ask God where he wants her to go to college. Right. Yeah, because that may not be where either one of you uh, want her to be. And so I said that to say this, it says children are a heritage. That's the Hebrew word translated in the Septuagint, which is the Greek translation of Hebrew scriptures, stewardship. So our children have been loaned to us by God. He's given us power of attorney over them. And we have to then give an account uh, for them
1: when he comes back. Well, those are some of the principles that we're looking at in today's broadcast. So I hope you'll open your Bible and join us in 2 Kings chapter 4 as we look at this further and continue a message, How to Get Out of Debt. Here is Pastor Ford.
0: You and I know there's only three kinds of people in the world. The haves, the have-nots, and the have-not paid for what they have. That's it, and all of us know the pain of having too much month at the end of our money. You know, when your money's funny and your change is strange. And we're all familiar with the worst four-leather word in the English language, D-E-B-T, debt, amen. Now, you know what debt is. It's extending stewardship beyond the will of God. It is living above our means. It's when we don't make a distinction between what we need and what we want. And so it is when your outgo exceeds your income. And so many of us know that we are spending tomorrow's money today. Come on, help me out with the paradox of stewardship. I say it all the time, but we'll all say it together. Everybody, all together. We buy things we don't need. With money we don't have to amass bills we can't pay to please people we don't like who could care less anyway because they don't like us. Amen. And so we, we've done it, keeping up with the Joneses. And the only problem with trying to keep up with the Joneses is that every time you catch up with them, they refinance. And so we see the paradox of money. We, we, we know it, we see it everywhere. Uh, a person has a new caddy, but they don't have any money in the bank. They're buying lottery tickets every day, but they don't have a savings account. You know, uh, they have a Land Rover and a landlord. Something wrong with that picture. Uh-huh. Amen. Driving a gator and still living with their mama and not paying her any rent. And so we see it all the time. And I say this all the time too: uh, driving a car where the rims cost more than the car. But in our text today, when you look at the context of what we're going to be studying, Elisha is approached by a widow whose husband uh, was one of the sons of the prophets. That means he was a preacher. And that means this woman uh, was the preacher's wife. Uh, so her husband graduated from the Moody Bible Institute of the day, just like your pastor graduated. Not, not magna cum laude, not summa cum laude, not even cum laude, but thank you, Lottie, amen. And so the School of the Prophets was started by Samuel. Uh, the first one was at Ramah. 1 Samuel chapter 19, verses 19 and following. And and later on, they established one at Beth-El, 2 Kings chapter 2 and verse 3. And then at Gilgal, 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 38. So there were three official Moody Bible Institutes. Uh, in Israel, and there also seemed to be an unspecified place in 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 1, so they may have had an extension study, like a Moody on location or something of that nature. Uh, here, but Samuel knew the value of education. Uh, he knew the value of educating the people of God. And so Samuel knew that you can't teach what you don't know, and you can't lead where you won't go. Well, the New Testament tells us in 2 Timothy 2.15, a passage that you ought to have memorized, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. That word picture, rightly dividing, is a great picture. It means to cut a straight line. As a matter of fact, not just to cut a straight line, but it means to cut on the straight line that's already there. And so God has a line. He doesn't want us deviating from it. And we need to study to show ourselves approved. So this widow came to Elisha because her husband left her with two children and a huge amount of debt that she couldn't pay. Now, the preacher's not named and she's not named and, and, uh, but it's clear uh, that he died and he didn't have an insurance policy to provide uh, for his wife and children. Uh, there was no retirement plan. Uh, they lived in the church parsonage and after he died, the church put her out. Uh, no social security, no Medicaid. Uh, he left her in debt and with a will, probably like the one I'm gonna have, because at my, at my reading of my will, is gonna say I, James Ford, being of sound mind, spent it all. All of it, all of it. Now the creditors are ringing her phone off the hook. They're blowing up her cell phone. They're calling her on her job. They're sending her envelopes with colored paper. She's got to tell the children, no, don't answer that because the caller ID is telling me it's a bill collector and the Comcast that I got the triple package with is telling me right on the TV screen, it's a 1-800 number. I don't even have to look at the phone anymore. Just keep watching television. (laughs) And so now she's got to park her chariot three blocks away from her crib. And every time you turn around, she's saying, y'all gonna make me lose my mind. Up in here, up in here. Y'all gonna make me act a fool. Up in here, up in here. And so now because of her debt, uh, the Bible tells us they're coming to take her children. I uh, see the Mosaic law allowed uh, uh, for the exchange or the taking of children for a payment of a debt that you couldn't pay. Uh, if you're taking note, well, you don't have to. It's in your notes. Exodus 21, 1 through 7. Amos 2, 6 and Isaiah 50, verse 1. Uh, even God himself uh, 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 uses the practice as a metaphor to talk to Israel. Let me read this Isaiah chapter 50, verse 1 for you. And, and listen what God tells Israel uh, uh, about his relationship with them. Thus saith the Lord, Yahweh, all caps, And so we know who it is that's speaking. It is Jesus. That's right. Where is the bill of your mother's divorcement whom I have put away? Of which of my creditors is it to whom I have sold you? See what he's saying to them? He's saying, Israel, are you acting like I'm in debt and that I gave you to these pagans uh, to pay for that debt? And so God takes that practice and he even applies it in his relationship to Israel. Why are you living like I just gave you to somebody else? Here's what he's telling them. He's saying, you should be living for me, uh, but you're living for these idols and you're acting as if it's, you're obligated to do it by me. And so, you know, it is using God to sanction a filthy lifestyle. Grace does not give us the privilege of living like yard dogs. I just
1: put that in there. You know, is a good reminder. We do live under grace if you know Christ, but that does not give us a license to live in any way in which we want. You're listening to Treasure Truth, a message entitled How to Get Out of Debt, and we'll continue this teaching in just one moment. If you know you're going to miss a broadcast, well, you don't have to miss Pastor Ford's teaching. It's always easy to listen on the go if you podcast this program or if you have the Moody Radio app. If you do have the app, you can hear Treasure Truth anytime. It's available for the iPhone, iPad, or your Android phone or tablet. The best part, it's free. Uh, Treasure Truth is available on demand along with many other Moody Radio programs and streaming music stations. And you're going to find the app at your favorite app store like iTunes or Google Play you'll find links to it at our website, treasuredtruthradio.org. Back to the message, here's Pastor Ford.
0: So it's limited to seven years. Leviticus chapter 25, verses 39 through 42 say that they were to be released in the year of Jubilee if it was prior to the seven years. So this woman is about to lose her children because of the debt. Now I know what you're thinking, because I thought it too. Boy, that would be nice if you could do that today. I could see it now. Maybe you said we were short. Are we going to be able to pay our bills? Everything is fine. As a matter of fact, I cashed in and got a little extra. <laughs> we straight, we straight. Going to be quiet in the house too. <laughs> now, 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 when we look at what what happens? Uh, He left her in debt. Now, now the question that I have is, why are they in debt? It could have been that the preacher was spiritually sound, but fiscally irresponsible. Maybe he had Bible sense, but no money sense. Maybe he had a congregation that said, Lord, uh, you keep them humble and we'll keep them poor. Never mind, Lord, we'll do both of them. Josephus, the uh, Jewish historian, he wasn't a believer, by the way, uh, but you should read Josephus Antiquities, two-volume set, history of the Jews, all kinds of relevant, pertinent biblical information in there, The supplement to some of the things that, uh, that we see, and he explains some of the events according to the Jewish culture of which we are not familiar. So, it could have been, and I think it's it's more of this. It, it, it could have been that he was such a godly man uh, that he understood that sometimes you live sacrificially and you don't have everything you need in this life when you go back now you read first samuel 19 and what you'll see at this school of the prophets at the first one it was powerful it was po- it was some powerful stuff going on because david's running from saul saul sends some men they're not even prophets but the spirit of the lord is so thick in that place that they start prophesying and then they send another group and they start profiting. that That's power, man. Wouldn't that be something? Somebody walked in here right after our prayer meeting or in the midst of it and just fell down. I repent, I repent. Man, that'd be probably, you keep doing what you're doing and uh, that's going to happen. Amen. Praise the Lord. I love the way you lead. So when you look at it, then uh, uh, Josephus says uh, that it was probably Obadiah. Uh, And he takes the situation from 1 Kings 18. Obadiah, if you remember, uh, was a prophet. And Obadiah uh, wanted to protect uh, the prophets of God. They were in danger. And so he borrowed money uh, from Jehoram. Now, remember, he was a son of Ahab. uh, So he's just like his daddy. Don't fall too far from the tree. And so uh, Josephus says it was Obadiah. uh, And so he lent money to Obadiah so he can maintain the hidden prophets, 1 Kings 18, three and four. But let me just say this, God doesn't identify the who, and God doesn't identify the why. Let me tell you why. Because now we can put our situation in there. You can put your name in there, you can put your situation in there, and because we don't know why they got into debt, you can put your reason. Some of us are in debt because uh, we don't have the kind of job that's necessary to even meet our basic needs. Others of us, because we've been stuck on stupid and spending or we're like, we're like custard at a sale, charge, charge, charge. And so there are all kinds of reasons, but still, when you look at the picture, there's something wrong with it because Proverbs thirteen twenty two tells us a good man leaveth inheritance, to his children's children and i have to wonder uh, did this prophet or actually do you know uh, the 10 aspects of finances uh, they're listed for you let me just read them it is earning and saving 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 i know i'm cussing at somebody but saving <laughs> sharing giving loaning trading investing borrowing spending and leaving an inheritance. Now, this text just teaches us very basically, because I'm looking at the principles, a 10 principles for getting out of debt. So how do we become a good Christian? Let's start and get as far as we can. She's committed to them, her children, and she's teaching us how to get out of debt. Here they are, principle number one. Principle number one, get serious about getting out of debt you need commitment commitment notice what it says and they're cried let's stop right there let's put a quarter in the meter pull off to the side because we probably won't get any further she cried uh 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 listen this word occurs uh 55 times in the old testament it's the number one word that's used when God wants us to know what it means to sincerely cry out to him. Okay, uh, turn to Genesis chapter 4 and verse 10. Genesis chapter 4 and verse 10. That's right at the beginning of the Bible, the first book of the Bible. Listen to what Genesis chapter 4 verse 10 says. And he said, what hast thou done? The voice of thy brother's blood crieth unto me from the ground. And it's a word that literally means to scream the top of your lungs because you're in pain and you're serious. Let's look at one more, Exodus chapter 14. Genesis, Exodus, Genesis chapter 14. Look at what it says in verse 10. And when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes and behold, the Egyptians marched after them and they were sore afraid. And the children of Israel cried out. Unto the Lord. In other words. There are other words that could have been used. But he uses this word. That literally means. To be sincere. When you're crying out to God. Now that's where we start. And the problem is. Some of us cry. But we're not serious. You know we're we're, we're waiting on God. To do something. And God is waiting on us. To do something. Uh, we need to realize that. Uh, You know, we say, I I remember getting serious about losing weight, and I get serious about it at least eight or nine times a year, and, uh, you know, I said, I'm going to walk, I I was walking outside, I said, I'm going to walk every day, and then it rained, and I knew I was serious, because I walked in the rain, and then you know what, I was walking in the rain one day, and I saw, I was walking out of drive, I saw guys on the golf course in the rain, playing golf in the rain and I thought to myself look at that I started to turn around and say this is getting too heavy it's raining too much and these guys are playing golf and, and laughing and, 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 and many of y'all don't even come to church when it's raining outside yeah, anyway, anyway I like what Earl Flynn said here's what he says Earl Flynn remember him We can't reconcile our net income with our gross habits.
1: You're listening to Treasure Truth with Pastor Ford, a message called How to Get Out of Debt. And we'll continue this teaching on our next broadcast. But a really powerful look today at 2 Kings chapter 4. Well, no matter where you're listening to this broadcast, we'd love to hear from you especially if you're listening in another part of the world contact us at our website just simply stop by treasuretruthradio.org and click on the contact link like peter recently did he says i listen to you over the internet all the way in nigeria and i must say your words resonate with me god bless you and keep flying the flag always well thank you peter for letting us know that you're listening halfway around the world and if we've never heard from you before Would you go ahead and let us know where you're listening and what difference Pastor Ford's teaching is making in your life? Simply come to our website, treasuredtruthradio.org, and click on the contact link. Well, I have a moment. I want to remind you that Treasured Truth is listener-supported, and that means we depend on your financial generosity to continue producing this program and getting it out on radio through the Internet and other channels. If you want to stand with us as a giving partner, would you come to treasuredtruthradio.org and click on the link that says make a donation. We really do need to hear from you with both your ongoing monthly gifts and your one-time gift. Again, stop by treasuredtruthradio.org and click on the link that says make a donation. Your giving and your prayers are really vital for us to be able to continue this ministry. Thanks also to our producer, Amy Rios. For Pastor Ford, I'm Steve Hiller. Treasured Truth is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.